Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are grateful to be in your house with your people, Jesus. And Lord, we're believing that you're going to speak to us, that you're going to talk, amen, into our hearts and into our minds, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we glorify you. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord here in adult class. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, for uh, Brother Johnson back there, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, I do have a young man bringing you all of the verses that I may or may not get to here today, and they are in order. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the chapter of love, in that you're going to find a lot about love, and then randomly you will find a verse like this. It doesn't seem to fit, but uh, it does connect if you put it in context. The Bible says this, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man... I put away childish things. When I was a child, I spake as a child. Now, I don't know if you remember, but I've been, uh, the last few times I have been teaching, I've been teaching on the gift of growing up, and I want to continue right in that vein, and I want to talk about apostolic conversation. Apostolic conversation. You can set your Bibles down, and you may be seated. Johnson, I apologize. Hopefully he didn't get lost back there. We'll see. Hallelujah. <clears throat> in first or in Genesis chapter 11, we find the story of the Tower of Babel. It is here that mankind has uh, they have they have survived quite a bit. They've survived through the flood. Things have uh, progressed in history. And now they have come together. There has been a unification of all people. And they have come with the intention of building a tower. Now, we don't have time to talk about that. But ultimately, the intention was that they would save themselves without God's help. These are people that have heard about the flood. And they know that, that imminent judgment is possible. And they have constructed an idea that we will build a tower so if there's ever another flood, we will get out of it. We don't need to build an ark like God said again. Amen. There's some folks thinking they can, they can change God's word or change God's ways or change God's method. And they will make their way to heaven. But I want to tell you, the only way to heaven is to follow what God said. Amen. You cannot build a tower to heaven. Amen. You've got to go through the water. Hallelujah. We ain't got time to talk about that. But you've you got to get in an ark. You've got to go through the water. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to do it God's way. Amen. 
man would say, just lift up a little tower prayer to God. Just confess your sins and you're on the way to heaven. But I want to tell you that is nowhere in the Bible. Amen. Everywhere you see somebody that is saved, they went through the water and they were led by the Spirit. Amen. Noah got in an ark. The Spirit shut the door and the water flooded the earth. Moses shows up to the Red Sea. Amen. He parts the water, and they follow the cloud and the fire into the wilderness. And Jesus tells us, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. But it is here that there is a unification of the people, and it is a direct result of a unity in speech. Because unified speech creates unity. And this unity is not always good, as the scriptures will show. They were united, but they were united for the wrong reasons. Uh, that's why the Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's not good for, for everything else to be in unity, but it is good for brethren to dwell together in unity. I want to tell you, the devil's got unity, but it's not good. The world's got unity in sin, but it's not good. Just because they're unity doesn't mean it's right. And here, they were unified for the wrong reasons and for the wrong purposes. And it is possible to be unified in the wrong kind of conversation. The New Testament tells us that Herod and Pilate had a feud. They were at odds with each other. But when they came and found a common enemy named Jesus, the Bible says that Herod and Pilate made up. They reunited because they found a common enemy in Jesus. They had something they could talk about together, something they could communicate about together. And it was their common hatred for this man named Jesus. And I want to tell somebody here today, you've got to be careful that you don't get connected with people because of the wrong kind of conversation. Amen. I know people that, that they walk away from God, they leave the church, and while they're in the church, all they can do is talk about how they hate this person and hate that person, and, and they walk out, and then that person they talked about hating walks out of, on church and, and leaves God. And then all of a sudden, these people become friends blows my mind, blows my mind. I, I'm telling you, you go to any church and you find out who is who is bitter, who's offended, and you find that all of a sudden they want to get together and have dinner with people they didn't want to talk to in the church. We ain't got time to talk about that. Amen. If you're going to talk with people about something, you might as well do it while you're both on your way to heaven. Amen. If we're going to be unified, if we're going to do anything, if we're going to go somewhere, let's all go to heaven. Let's all talk about heaven. Let's all talk about good things. Let's be excited about revival, about people being saved, about souls going under in Jesus' name. But there is a unity in conversation. And there, there is a possibility to unify based on our common distastes our common hatred, our common complaints about God and His church. Some people think that this is appropriate, but I want to tell you, I would not associate personally with people that have corrupt communication and conversation about other people. Amen. I've determined since I got saved, 
I didn't get in the church to hate on the church. Amen. And I, I hope everybody knows I don't have anything in mind. I'm just teaching here today. And if this isn't for anybody today, you just put it in your pocket. And if you ever hear somebody come by and you got a bad word about anybody in the church, you just say, you know what? I don't have time to listen. Amen. Amen. The Bible talks about when, the, when Stephen's preaching, they stop their ears. And that means that it's possible to, to shut some people out and shut some things out. And, and I want to tell you, I don't want to shut out Jesus. I don't want to shut out his gospel. I don't want to shut out his church. I don't want to shut out faith and good things. But I will shut out a lot of people that got nothing but complaints, nothing but murmurings. Hallelujah. We'll leave that alone. Amen. It is, it is okay to say, I will not unify with you on that. I will not have uh, fellowship with anybody that all they want to do is talk about other saints. Amen. You can mark it down. You can ask my wife. I don't talk about people in the church. We traveled for three and a, three and a half years. I didn't talk about people. We don't do that because that's not Christian. That's not right. Uh, they say that, that small people talk about other people. Uh, mediocre people talk about things, but great people talk about ideas. Amen. And I want to tell you, I've determined in my life, I want to be a great person. I want to talk about the concepts of revival. What can we do to, to impact our city and our region? I don't have time uh, to talk about uh, the, the, one, the one Mordecai that would not bow. I don't have time to talk about the one person that offended me. I, I know there's some people that, that that's all they can communicate about. Uh, but that means you're a little person. If all you can do is talk about other people, you got to check that. Amen. And, but at the same time, Paul let us know in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Brother Johnson, if you pull that up, that there is a positive side to a unified conversation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Did he get you that list? Okay, awesome. I hope my handwriting's all right. I should have been a doctor. Amen. Be a doctor of the law. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. There is, uh, there is nothing quite like a unified body of believers that, that speaks the same thing, that, that comes and perfectly joins together. Because, because unity is a beautiful thing in the church. It is one of the things that, that actually sets the church apart from every other religion, uh, every other group of people. Uh, we, we can come from all different walks of life. You can be raised one way. I can be raised another. I can be raised like I was in a drug home, all sorts of things going wrong. You could have lived in a gated community. My parents lived in a gated community too for a little while. Uh, they served three meals a day, and some of y'all get that next week. But we can come from different backgrounds, but when we get saved, when we come into the church, God gives us, amen, his Holy Ghost. God gives us the spirit of truth, and God gives us the ability to come together and to unite with people that we otherwise might have hated. People that we otherwise would have nothing in common with. We would not have the same backgrounds. We would not have the same uh, systems and mindsets. But when we get saved, when we really get the Holy Ghost, there is a unity that happens in the Spirit that is unlike anything else. 
Amen. You don't have to have the right amount of money. You don't have to have the right amount of education. When you get saved, we can unify together. We can come together as one body of believers. And Paul is admonishing them to not destroy that unity. Amen. Because if we start speaking one thing and then somebody else is speaking another thing, and of course in this context, he's talking about judgment. He's talking about doctrine. He's talking about the fact that uh, that I cannot tell you that there's one way to be saved and then you go tell everybody else you can be saved however many ways you want. Amen. We've got to make sure that we align our doctrine the same. We've got to align our lifestyles the same. Hallelujah. Amen. And in this, he's letting us know because he doesn't want any divisions. He wants everybody to get the same gospel. He wants everybody to get the same message. He wants everybody to see that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one body. It all comes together, and we fit perfectly and join together. Because nothing causes division like miscommunication or a lack of communication. Anybody been married? Amen. I could say one thing, and my wife heard something totally different. And I meant it one way, and she took it another way, and vice versa. And I, I want to get mad immediately because there was a miscommunication. But I want to tell you, there's some things like that in the church because where there's people, there's problems. And I might say one thing, and the best thing we can do to make sure we're on the same page is if you hear it in the most negative way, come and clarify it. Amen. It's a good, good, good marriage advice there, too. If somebody says something or you hear that somebody says something, Make sure there's no division. You don't allow that to cause a schism in the body. you got to go to your brother and say, man, I, I heard it this way. Am I hearing it right? I'm telling you, we've got to have the right view of our brother, the right view of our sister. Amen. The Bible says that when the Bible talks about having an evil eye, an evil eye is when you look at everybody and everybody's from the negative. They're absolutely, everybody's a devil. Everybody's got something wrong with them. Everybody's against me. Everybody. And what happens is when you have an evil eye, you start having an evil communication. And now, now nobody likes me. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody, nobody cares about me because you have an evil eye of yourself, an evil eye of everybody else, and now you can't accept the reality. Everybody likes you, and you just don't like yourself. And now you let that communication go out, and it leads to division, division in the body. Amen. And uh, if you could pull up Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34. Amen. So you, conversation can unify both for the good or for the bad. I want to talk for a minute about immature conversation. Matthew 12 and 34, Jesus says, Oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And we've used this, we've quoted this many different times and many different ways, but there is an undeniable truth in this scripture that what we speak and what comes out of our mouth lets us know what's really going on in the inside. Amen. There is a revealer. There's something that happens. You can know your level and your maturity in Christ by what comes out of your mouth. It's a fact. You can know your level of maturity uh, in life itself by what comes out of your mouth. Because in our main text, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, because at one point everybody had a childish.
communication skill. Uh, we all had it at one point, but that cannot become a permanent season. Amen. Not in life and not in the church. It is, it is possible to come into church and to have one level, one maturity level uh, in communication and to, to, to be there for just that season. But you've got to be willing to progress beyond that season. I remember when I first got saved, I, I pardon all the personal references. I first got saved, and, uh, and, and at first I met my pastor, Pastor Rick Mayo, and, uh, and, his, and I just called him Rick. I just, you know, and, and I didn't mean any disrespect for it. I, when you come from the world, you just, you just thought, man, I just call everybody. Uh, but, but as it grew, it, 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 was, it, was, it was, you know, Brother Rick. I kind of got a little better. Amen. I, and then it was Pastor Rick, because, you know, I was getting real charismatic. At that point, I was lifting my hands like this. You know what I'm talking about? And then it became Pastor Mayo because I was just putting a, a, a respect on that office. And, uh, and, and I can also remember when I first got saved, I was just talking about whatever, and I was just like, bleep, 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 bleep. You know what I'm talking about, Rick? And thanks to his credit, he just gave me a little mercy. He said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And he gave me a little moment. And, and you know what? For a moment and a season, that's okay. But if you've been living for God for 30 years and you still got a cussing problem, you got evil communication. You do not have an apostolic communication. If you still got F-bombs every time you stub your toe, and I'm not talking about forgiveness. <laughs> I'm talking about things that come out. If the only thing you know is a four-letter word, you need the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why he said, that's why he chose speaking in other tongues. Because uh, James said the tongue is the most unruly member. It is like a, 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 a thing on the back of a ship that guides it. Uh, amen. And it tells it where to go. And, and if you can't control your tongue, uh, how are you going to be able to control your spirit when something goes wrong? But God said, I'll control the tongue. I'll make sure I, I'll make you say things you don't even know. You'll speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That's how you know you got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because no man can tame the tongue, but God can. And when you get the Holy Ghost, it will change the way you talk. Nobody had to tell me not to drop F-bombs anymore. I just got around enough mature Christian people that I just started, you know what? I feel uncomfortable with that communication. Because when you surround yourself with evil with other people and unify with other people that have corrupt communication, you will feel okay in that season and you will always stay there and you'll have no problem just cussing around. You'll have no problem just complaining and murmuring and always talking down about everybody else and, and you'll stay in that season. But Paul's saying, when I was a child, I spake as a child. And if you surround yourself with children, you will babble like a child. Anybody ever had kids you just make baby talk and you surround yourself with a bunch of babies and all you got is baby talk huh? you got to get beyond that and you got to expand your view and you got to get around some other people that'll tell you don't talk like that you need to let somebody tell you we don't accept that communication in the church amen amen because immature individuals or children in Christ complain murmur, gossip, whine, speak doubt, negativity. It's, it's always a 
burden on somebody because uh, there's some folks, well, why doesn't anybody like me? Well, if all you speak is negativity, you drain people. You've got to be willing to say, I will not do that anymore. If you get around somebody, I guarantee everybody likes being around the person that smiles and says something good. I got a good report. In fact, I had a brother text me earlier this week, had a good report. And brother, I replied right away to that report. I said, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because it encouraged me that God's working and God's doing great things. Amen. But then there's the people that, oh, my cat died. and Their cat dies every week. And something bad happens every day. And listen, life happens. Life happens, and I'm not, I hope nobody's thinking I'm saying don't text me if something bad happens. You text me, I'm, that's what I'm here for now. Amen. But, but when you get around people and all they can talk about is the woes in their life. It's woe is me, and nobody knows the trouble I've seen, and everything's bad. And then they wonder, where'd everybody go in my life? I'll tell you where they went. They went where there was some encouragement, and it's not coming from you. You got to be willing to admit, I got a problem here with my communication. I got to step it up another notch. I got to be a better Christian about this. And I'm not talking just about cussing. I'm talking about, you know what, God, I, I have to admit, I've been speaking doubt a lot recently. I've been just complaining about a lot of things. You know, it was because of murmuring and complaining that the children of Israel never made it to the promised land. An entire generation died because of the communication that came out of their mouth want to get to the next level sometimes the best thing you do is shut your mouth when you feel like saying something that ain't right mm -hmm. hallelujah when Peter denied Jesus the group told him that his speech his conversation and what came out of his mouth betrayed him as a disciple of Jesus Christ there was something that came out of the mouth of Peter maybe it was a God bless you at the wrong time but it came out of the mouth of Peter, and they said, no, you've got to be a disciple. And they only accepted his denial when he cussed. Because your communication will show who you're connected to. I can tell when people have been around the wrong people. Because something comes out of their spirit. And it may not always come out in direct words, but there's something that comes out in their communication. And not all communication is verbal. There's nonverbal communication. They're, they're always downtrodden. They're always... Listen, we got the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. Joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you, if you look like you sucked on a lemon for six months, it's, it's time to change and get another dose of the Holy Ghost because that's not the Holy Ghost I got 16 years ago. When I got the Holy Ghost 16 years ago, I was suicidal. had put knife to my wrist. Uh, when I got that Holy Ghost, all of a sudden depression left me. Yeah, you can be delivered from depression. Yes, you can be delivered, but you got to change the way you speak. you got to change the way you talk. You can't communicate and say, well, everything's going bad. If you tell it, tell yourself everything goes bad, then everything that happens in your life is going to seem like a direct result of the bad life you have. But you just got to be willing to communicate. And so you, it's not always going to be this way. I might be having a bad day, bad month, bad year, bad 10 years, but come next year, it's going to be better. Because I'm mature enough to speak faith in the midst of the doubt. I'm mature enough to say that God's going to come through when nothing's working. Oh, somebody praise him. All right, it's adult class. Forgive me. 
James chapter 4, verse 11. James 4 and 11. Just the first part of the verse. And then we'll be moving to 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. You got to remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are, I'm going to hit this for the next little while. We are a family unit. And I, listen, you can talk. I, I, you know, there, there is something about the family unit. I might be able to yell at my brother and say he's an idiot. But if you say he's an idiot, we're going to have to fight. You know what I'm saying? I, I might be able to say uh, that, that my wife did this, that, or the other, and I didn't much care for it. But if you go by and say, sisterhood did that, I don't like We're going to have a talk. Because family fights for family. Family defends family. Family takes care of family. Amen? Uh, hallelujah. I'm going to get somebody. you got to be willing to say, you know what, it, even if it's somebody else talking about another brother, I just, I refuse to let you speak evil of somebody else because I believe too much in you as my brother. I'll never forget I was, uh, I was with a, an older minister, and I was in a group, and, you know, you, you think this is just in, in the group of, I'm probably letting all the pastoral and preacher secrets out, but I might as well. Let's be real here. And I was there, and, and they were just having roast people for, for lunch. And I, I don't get in that conversation. I'll just off and leave. And this older minister was there, and he said, well, praise God. And they, they just kept going. He said, well, praise God. God's good, isn't he? And finally, he just said, brethren, we're not going to talk like that. And it's, it kind of convicted me, because I sat there, and though I, though I didn't agree, I didn't leave, and I didn't say anything either. And I, I realized when that older minister did that, I was like, you know what? I respect that. I respect that. Amen. Because if they'll talk with you about somebody else, they'll talk about you to somebody else. Amen. So we've got to be willing to make sure that when we speak, we don't speak evil of one another. Uh, I've got, listen, I'll give everybody a heads up. I don't know anybody's past here. That ought to give somebody a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's keep it that way. We don't need to know what so-and-so did and where they were and who they were with. And Now, obviously, if you're struggling, let's talk about it. But I'm talking about, well, 10 years ago, did you hear? Oh, they failed so bad. Don't do the devil's dirty work. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. And that accuser is looking for a way to say, well, Joshua's got Sister so-and-so, she's so, oh, she's such a gossip. Well, you're gossiping about the gossip. What does that make you? Worse than a gossip. So you might as well just say, you know what? I'm going to pray for them. And don't just say it. Do it. Go home and say, you know what, God? I don't know what they're going through. You know what? They're letting this communication come out of their mouth. And they've done wrong. But, God, you can help them. God, you can use them. God, you can... If you can use me, you can use them. If you can forgive me, you can forgive them. If you got mercy for me, you got mercy for them. All right, let's go. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, adult class. I'm going to get in this zone here in a little bit. Evangelized for three and a half years. Everything's a preach. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians, I used to teach a lot of Bible studies and stuff like that, and I was in the teaching mode. Now I'm in the preaching mode. Let's move back to teaching. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. How you speak will affect every area of your life. Every area of your life. And if all you've got is negativity, 
will it will seep into every area of your life. If everybody hates you, you're going to think people won't want to be around you, and it'll prove the point. You feel that way. It doesn't actually mean it's true, but you let it come out of your mouth. Amen. And it will corrupt your life. I've never seen somebody who is just uh, cussing up a storm who has a perfect godly prayer life. Man, bleep, bleep, bleep. Thank you, Jesus. I've never seen it. Because because bitter waters can't persuade, proceed from a sweet well and vice versa. And, and you know the fruit, you, you'll know the root by the fruit. And whatever's been planted will eventually represent itself. And often how we communicate is just letting us know out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. And if all you're feeling, listen, we go through moments of doubt. We go through moments of trouble. And that's understandable. We all go through that. And those are just seasons. But we can't stay there. Because if we stay there, we will always be little baby Christians. And all we can do is just, you know, feed me. Wah, wah, wah. And everything's a whine. Everything's a cry. But if we are willing to grow, we can realize that there's a lot better things in life to do than to complain. Amen. Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 29. And I'm hurrying. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 29. I got it up there. Perfect. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Keep going. And grieve not. Okay, hold on. Communication ministering grace to the healer hearers is all connected to grieving the holy spirit of god whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption and this is what he's saying is grieving the communication that's been coming out of the ephesian church he's trying to warn them because this problem of communication is not in 2018 and it won't just be in 2019 but it goes all the way back to the beginning of time he said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all the malice that's there. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Even as Christ forgave you, you got to be willing to say, you know what? You trespassed, you did wrong, and though my flesh wants to rise up and just tear you down and let evil speaking and corrupt communication that come out of me, I know that's going to grieve the Holy Ghost that God gave me, and that Holy Ghost that God gave me is inside me so I can put away the flesh, put away the corrupt communication, and I can be tenderhearted for giving i can love in this in the midst of people hating me i can have joy in the midst of pain and sorrow and i can let that holy ghost really work on the inside both the will and to do of his good pleasure i think this is a good moment for somebody to lift up their hands and pray come on let's pray god help us as a church to have the right communication for our brethren for the holy ghost and for our city, Jesus. So when we speak, we all speak the same thing. When we talk, they know what church we go to. When we talk, they know who we worship. When we communicate, they just know that we are full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Colossians 3 and 8. Colossians 3 and 8 says, 
But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Wow, that's a lot of times in the Bible. I, I promise we don't have time to go through every verse in the Bible that talks about our communication, our conversation, and all these different things. But suffice it to say, the Bible's really concerned about how we talk. Amen. Because there's a proper way for a Christian to talk. And it is, amen, in Philippians 1 and 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. Come on, let me say that again. Let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I hope you saw all those unity words right there. He's saying that your communication and your conversation and how you live and how you talk, it's going to determine the unity in the church. And Paul is saying, I want, I want the only conversation, the only communication, the only lifestyle that comes out of the church of Jesus Christ to be something that is becoming of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you what's not becoming of the gospel of Christ. Talking the way we were at the bar before God saved us. Amen. Tearing other people down like we did before God forgave us. And we needed mercy. But I'll tell you what is becoming of the gospel of Christ. Forgiving one another. Amen. When, when you see your brother overtaken in fault, the Bible says, strengthen such an one in the spirit of meekness. True spirituality is your ability to pick somebody up, not throw them down. Amen. Amen. True spirituality is your ability to pick up, not throw down. And say, you know what, when they failed, they messed up, let's get rid of them, let's throw them away. No, God didn't throw you away. And if God didn't throw you away, don't throw anybody else away. And it doesn't matter how many times. Peter said, how many times should I forgive my brother if they trespass against me? And he said, seven times or 70 times. He's trying to be real. He said, 70 times seven. 490 times. You're gonna, man, now I gotta do math. This is you're gonna forgive for the same thing in one day. Now Jesus wasn't giving a definitive number, but what he's saying is your brother's gonna trespass against you over and over and over and over again. But what God is trying to tell Peter is he's saying, You're gonna make mistakes, son. You're gonna do a lot of things wrong, and I'm gonna forgive you, and I'm gonna let it go. And in one day, you're gonna mess up more times than, than you ever have to forgive anybody. And I'm going to forgive you because my mercies are new every morning. I'm going to make sure that when we wake up in the morning, it's a new day. I'm going to make sure that we go ahead and start this thing off fresh. And if God starts your day off fresh, if God starts his mercy off fresh, if God starts your life off fresh, we ought to do that for everybody else. Amen. Philippians 3 and 20. I'm hurrying to a close here. Philippians 3 and 20. For our conversation is in heaven. Stop being so busy down here. Amen. That you forget about heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our, our lives are based around heaven. Our conversation is based around heaven. 
Can I tell it this way? Our homes should be based around heaven. Everything, that's why, that's why I don't have a TV in my home. That's why I don't have uh, certain apps on my phone. Because I don't want those things coming in and corrupting my communication. I don't want to talk about the latest movie and the latest star that got implants of this and Botox. And I don't have time to talk about who cheated on who and People Magazine. I, I, I got to talk to people about that you got to repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy My conversation's about heaven. My conversation's all about getting people to heaven. I don't have time to worry about what everybody else in the world that can't heal me, that can't save me, that can't deliver me, that never died for me. I don't have time to know their stats. I don't want to know their songs. I don't need those lyrics. Hallelujah. I'll just preach to my generation because we got a whole generation that is consumed with all of this music and media. And now you don't, hey, we, we, we have gone way past. I, I know it's a dog class. So let's just preach about it anyways. We've gone way past against preaching against a box in somebody's home. It's no longer in, in a box uh, so much as it is in their pocket. And I want to tell you as a ge- as my generation, I will fight this battle. I'm not saying throw your phone away, but I am saying we've got to make sure we don't allow this to corrupt it can't corrupt my mind, can't corrupt my home, can't corrupt my marriage. Can't. I drew a line in the sand and said, no, I just don't need that in my life. No, I don't need to follow them on Facebook, on Instagram. I don't need to like their posts. I don't. I know I went over some folks' head, but let me tell this generation, we've got to fight, uh, amen, to fight in this world, and it's simply saying, I will not allow you to bring my conversation down uh, from heaven to earth. Uh, i got to be talking about higher things. i I got to be looking up uh, and lifting up my eyes to the hill. Oh, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. Somebody worship him. And with that, 1 Timothy 4 and 12. 1 Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Because youth is not relegated to your age. It is relegated to your maturity level. throughout the New Testament, that's not just talking about uh, how you speak. It's talking about your lifestyle. What a beautiful way to describe a lifestyle conversation. Amen. He talks about, you know how we had our conversation in time past, in the lust of the flesh, following after the old man. Man, we got to get rid of the old man, not talk about him, not talk to him, not talk with him. We got to say, you know what? That was back in the day. Amen. But he is saying, don't let anybody despise your youth. If you are young, young in spirit, whatever the case may be, you've got to be an example. And in that example of the believers, it's got to be in word, in conversation, in charity. It's got to take every area of your life. But if it's ever going to get in your spirit, amen, you've got to make sure it gets deep down in there. Because if something else comes out of your mouth, we really know what's in your spirit. Hallelujah. And finally, 1 Peter 1 and 15 doing all right, I promise. I will not be long-winded if y'all get with me in preaching. Hallelujah. 
Don't sit on me. I will be a jackhammer, I promise you. We'll make that deal for <laughs> We'll make that deal in life. I'll just I'll just preach it down. Amen. Y'all pray it out. Hallelujah. Amen. First Peter 1 and 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Your conversation will, will limit your ability to be holy. I want to be holy like him. I want to be like Jesus. Anybody want to be like Jesus? And I'll finish with this. I didn't pull it up, brother, but I believe it's uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and 1. Might be wrong on that, but that's all right. You can find it later. You can all look it up later. The Bible says that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We'll teach about this another time. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. That's that's twofold. Without holiness, you will not see God. Amen. And and obviously, holiness comes through the redemptive redemptive process of Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. That comes through repentance, water baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost, walking in the Spirit, not after the flesh. So without holiness, no man will see the Lord. But that's also twofold. Without holiness, nobody will see the Lord through you. And if the only thing coming out of the mouth of people from ARC is just filth, I don't believe that. I believe we've got a wonderful testimony. I, I think that's exciting. But what we want to do is continue that. If all they hear is negativity, man, I hope they never associate the church with negativity and, and, and just vileness and you know, brother so-and-so hands out a church counter after cussing somebody out. And, God bless you. <laughs> Trust me, I've, I've met a few of those at my home church. Uh, they just thought outreach was after you cussed them out. Amen. Uh, they also love to hand out, uh, I'll put a plug in for this, they love to hand out church cards without tipping. If you can't tip, don't go out to eat. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's good. That's good. We'll leave it right there. But without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You won't see him, and nobody else will see him through you. And that starts right here about having your conversation holy. When you're at home, how's your conversation? When you're at the job, how's your conversation? Best question, when nobody else is around, how's your conversation? How do you talk to yourself? always look down on yourself and, and this, there's a myriad of things I want you to take today's teaching I want you to think about it and say God how can you help me I want the Holy Ghost to help me have holy conversation I, I just I just want I want people that to, to not just see Jesus Christ in the way I, I, I represent myself the way I dress the way I look the way I act the way I carry myself but when I open up my mouth man I, I'll never forget this is sorry I got a lot of funny stories like this I'll never forget I was I was you know at a youth thing one time there was this really pretty girl. Sorry, honey. I'm going to get in trouble. Not as pretty as you. There's nobody as pretty as you. And and me and my friend, who were always, you know, we're always competing, we went over to talk to this girl. And I'm not kidding. She just started throwing down on Ebonics and, like, just words that I wouldn't say. And I just thought, I thought she was holy because she looked looked good and she looked she looked Christian and I heard a couple of choice words in the first moments of conversation and I knew this person's got something deeply wrong with them and let me tell the young man run <laughs> run run because you got to be holy in conversation 
because what's in will come out. Let's stand. 201, I apologize. Went over by one minute. Let's pray. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. God, I, I want to have a mature conversation, a holy conversation, a godly conversation. I want to communicate good things, holy things, right things. God, when I meet somebody on the street, I want to I want to be able to communicate the love of God. When I when I when I when I come in contact with somebody, amen, at, at the store. I just want them, I want them to see Jesus. I want them to feel Jesus. But I want them to hear Jesus. I want faith coming out of my mouth. I want grace for the hearers. I, I, want, I want goodness and mercy and joy and peace and love and long kindness and gentleness. And I want it all flowing out from the Holy Ghost on the inside. sorts of misuse of communication but God we're going to communicate whether it's on social media whether it's in person whether it's at the store whatever it's in text I want to communicate good things amen I want to we're going to take the next 30 minutes and we're going to pray but I do want to open up this altar if somebody wants to come pray and start off this prayer meeting amen before we get ready for worship let's come and pray in Jesus name